Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn. And for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we will be talking about transforming uncertainty into safety and security. My guest is Caitlin Stecker. Caitlin is an internal family systems certified trainer, a therapist in private practice in Astoria. She works with grief rituals. Uh, she does uh, psychodrama therapy. She's an amazing person with a lot of resources, and she has agreed to take time out of her busy schedule to talk with us today about transforming uncertainty into safety and security. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning, Donna. It's good to talk to you and be with you and do one of these little um, times of kind of sharing that we've done and look forward to being with you. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And before we talk about the topic of this transforming uncertainty into safety and security, um, for those new listeners, uh, people who aren't familiar with you, please tell the audience about your background and about yourself, please. Hmm. Well, gee, every time it's a little different. Um, I guess what I would say now um, is that I am experiencing the benefit of having had uh, a lot of support early in my life as well as being um, raised by many, many, many adults, which um, <laughs> I uh, have been recognizing meant that I uh, initially tried to be an adult and I think I, you know, did a good um, kind of simile of that. But now I'm getting to actually feel like more and more I really want to be a child. I really want to be in relationship to life in a way that allows for whatever's happening in the moment and the kind of the kind of wonder, you know, that children are just really experiencing just in their own um, growing and knowing and and way of um, innocence. And so I'm training therapists, but as I do it, um, I also recognize you know, how much more I have to heal and how much more I have to learn. So that's really kind of where I'm at. And um, because of the, the ways of the world right now, I've spent um, more time out in my um, place that's called the clearing in the middle of the forest here in Astoria and have been much more in touch with. In fact, just now I was out um, herding my deer um, because they're going after my petunias. But um, other than that, I feel the sense of just being um, welcomed into the into the wild world more and more, and it's a great it's a great blessing. It is indeed, and nature is to me the ultimate. I mean that's to be close to and spend time with the natural world because we are we are nature essentially and we forget that. Yeah. Um and maybe we should let people know what IFS or internal family systems is. Hmm. Yeah. Well um the good news is that um beyond what I say if people want to know more they can go and uh look up IFS Institute 
And it actually, the letters stand for Internal Family Systems because the person who kind of created the work was a family therapist 30 years ago when he began. And what he brought was a way of responding to what's going on inside of us from a systems point of view seeing us as a multiplicity of parts and reactions and emotions and thoughts and being able to actually relate to those as people, that we have these, um, uh, there have been all kind of different terms, many minds, little people. Um, of course, you know, many people know about the inner child work. But what he brought was the um, sense of relationship between the parts and the effects on our way of experiencing life and relationships. And that's been something now that um, many, many different kind of um, aspects of life have taken up this view of the system, of our inner system, and worked with it in meditation and in coaching and in um, business consultation. But our main work is in the healing of um, individuals and also, of course, within the systems that people live in. And so um, there are many, if people want to look up IFS Institute, but also uh, Dick Schwartz, who is uh, the founder he has many, many videos and interviews on the Internet now that talk in more depth about the, the model and the way of practice. Well, when we um, were talking before the program about this idea of transforming uncertainty into safety and security, um, and uncertainty kind of as people would look at it as being, you know, doubt or unpredictability or you know, precarious, you know, unknown information, apprehension, you know, ooh, you know, uh, it, it's a scary thing, you know, uncertainty, um, although is there really any certainty? So tell me what you were thinking when you suggested transforming uncertainty into safety and security and what safety and security mean to you. Yeah, well, I think the, the whole thing um, – you know, of course, right now in the really, you know, huge changes that we've experienced in how we live, how we interact, um, and also just the, the level of um, unfolding of something that we've never been in relationship um, to before, this particular virus that's influencing, you know, our lives all over the planet that 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 sense of uncertainty has, I think, been heightened for many people and, you know, in so many ways in our lives. And yet it's always there, like you say, you know, what what is certainty? Um, actually, if we really let ourselves be with it, there there is a part of us that knows that we don't know. We can't in a sense, be affirmed and certain of what's going to happen. And we can have ideas about it and hopes and wishes and all of, you know, the ways that we relate to it. But actually, um, we live, you know, truly with kind of a basis of the unknown and, and of uncertainty. And so it's really um, very important in how 
how we are with that and much of how we respond has to do with often trying to manage it, trying to control it, trying to actually be able to predict what's going to happen. But the moment we do that and we have thoughts which we can't control, we're going we're gonna to think these things. Um, I was just uh, hearing a friend of mine was saying there's 16, we have 16,000 thoughts a day in our mind, and they're all generated mostly, and you know the majority are just spontaneous that we don't control. They just happen. And so a lot of them actually do have to do with this trying to, to bring some kind of sense of safety or security to ourselves. And most of those patterns are ones that we developed very early in our lives, dealing with whatever the particular uncertainty or insecurity of the environment we are growing up in kind of ask of us, you could say. And, and then we develop these strategies and these patterns of uh, thinking and the ways that we respond, the beliefs that we have about, you know, what's going to happen in our life. Like if I'm, if I'm really kind and caring, people will treat me well or whatever, you know, the particular kind of, um, again, strategies really that we created. Yet there's always a part of us that knows that, we actually are not ultimately in control. And, of course, this has a lot to do with all of the spiritual traditions across the globe and time that have, again, been offered as ways of trying to respond to that uncertainty. And yet now we're finding more and more ways, actually, that we can um, really heal these ways that, that insecurity became perhaps such a overwhelming experience for us as children that we still respond out of those ways that developed early. <clears throat> that we can we can actually shift those. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we know now from modern uh, neuroscience that having the relationship within ourselves that our system, and again, thinking of it as a group of people, a group of children, that there's a trust from those parts of us to our core that says that, that we know that we can depend on ourselves to be there for ourselves no matter what happens, and that, that that's ultimately our security. Exactly, because if you look at definitions of security, you know, it's a state of being free from danger or threat or protected from risk or injury, surety. And, and, and that, of course, really is, 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 is a fantasy in, in the external world. But what you're saying is that there are now techniques and things that we're learning about the vagal nerve, about the brain, uh, ways that we can um, transform this this fear, this uncertainty kind of brings with it some sort of a fear since we've been trying to control things. And so uh, so I know that you want to talk about one particular technique, a body technique, to help ground us and bring some of that fear and apprehension of uncertainty and transform that into that safety and security, which is really within us. Yes. Um, yeah. 
that what's beautiful about it is all of these different techniques and ways of, um, again, transforming um, what we're experiencing um, into safety actually are ways that um, people who lived in relation to the earth and to the cycles of nature have known and practiced, you know, forever, but have been lost in many ways. And it's almost like now science is rediscovering them, and and we are going, oh, wow, look at <laughs> what we found out. But it's actually been on the on the earth for um, thousands of years at the same time, so it's it's kind of an interesting duality in that way. So one of them is, as you were saying, it's there's um, a, a form of understanding of our nervous system called the polyvagal theory. And again, if anybody wants to look that up, there's lots and lots of material about that poly, P-O-L-Y, vagal, V-A-G-A-L. And one of the uh, folks that is really bringing this through and offering it to people is a man called Resma Menikin, who has been interviewed on the show On Being, which um, I, don't know, I don't think KM Yun carries it, do they? Or uh, it's uh, OPB, our public radio. I think radio. you can get it online, yeah. It's On Being with Krista Tippett. Yeah, it's online. Yes. Anyway, so there's a couple interviews with him. And in one of them, he shared this practice so that if people want to go back and and kind of go over it again. But it's such a simple, simple thing, and I've been sharing it with all my friends and clients because it's um, the most impactful short little um, process that you can do that you can actually do without anybody even knowing you're doing it, which is a really nice thing. You can just sit down in a meeting and do this, and actually you will very likely feel much more grounded and a sense of safety in the body that is very comforting. So it's very simple. So if anybody is wanting to do this with us right now, they can uh, be sitting, and we're gonna we're gonna twist. And it's very important. We're gonna twist the whole torso of the body from kind of from your pelvis all the way up to your um, your shoulders, neck, head. And that's what's really important because that's the part that actually activates what's called the ventral vagal nerve that allows for a sense of comfort and safety in the body. So all you have to do is twist and look over your left shoulder, but again, twisting all the way from your pelvis and over your shoulder and looking around, just looking around, and it's kind of like... What we're doing is what animals do when they come into a new environment. They look all around and then come back to center and look up and look around and see what you see in the environment that you're in and then look down and look around and see what you see there and then do the same twist over now your right shoulder up and around and really twisting again all the way from your pelvis and twisting your shoulders, engaging what we call the psoas muscle that allows for a sense of safety and security as we come back. And just take a moment. Take a breath and feel your body. You know, Caitlin, last night uh, when you and I were talking about this, um, I did this practice. And 
I, one of the things that Resma Menekin, and the way, by the way, if you want to look him up, it's R-E-S-M-A-A, last name is Menekin, M-E-N-A-K-E-M. Um, but one of the things that he said was, you know, when you sit down before you begin doing this small exercise that we've just done, you notice what has landed, what what in your, you know, what's landed. And I noticed that I was sitting there and my body was there, but there was part of me, it felt like it was above my body that was that was out in the air that wasn't really in my body. Yeah. And then I did this exercise and then I came back and I and then I noticed again, what do I feel? And I noticed that I felt like I was fully in my body. There wasn't anything above my head. There wasn't anything out there. It was it had all come inside so that I was, um, you know, congruent and whole and, and felt complete. So it's a very powerful practice. And um, thank you so much for sharing that. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. Today, I'm speaking with Caitlin Stecker. Caitlin is an Internal Family Systems, or IFS, a certified trainer and counselor, a therapist. Uh, she has a lot of experience with psychodrama with grief ritual, um, and she's in private practice in Astoria, Oregon. And today we're talking about the topic of transforming uncertainty into safety and security. And Caitlin has just told us about um, a practice. Uh, we've just done this small practice of moving the body uh, to uh, affect our nervous system, and it's very grounding and powerful. So, Caitlin, I know in your practice that it isn't Talk therapy, it's, 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 I mean, which is old, that's an old kind of idea, but we now know that the body holds on to all of this trauma and holds on to our fear and our anxieties. And so whatever we do to ground ourselves needs to happen. Um, it can't just be something we can say to ourselves, like, calm down, calm down, calm down. You actually right. physically right. need to do something with your body, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, exactly. And And it all... You know, it, it all makes so much sense. Um, really what uh, causes us in, you know, I'm going to say this in a very simple way, but what causes a sense of distress or unease, <clears throat> excuse me, in our body are the unprocessed um, experiences and feelings that we, um, we survived them, we got through them, but we didn't fully, what I call, metabolize them. So they're still kind of vibrating in us. Because, you know, feelings that we've had that we've just pushed away don't go away. They go into our nervous system. And then they create these experiences that we call in our culture, <clears throat> you know, anxiety and panic and distress and all of the discomfort that comes with having something that's not really completed, and and to have compassion for ourselves because it's not completed because most of us did not have the support and the help to learn how to complete, how to really allow a feeling to come in, come to its fullness, and then to, in a sense, move through. And... Instead, you know, when the feelings come, even as a child or certainly, you know, when we now have survived the process, but what we know to do is just to cap it, to to push it away or to try, like you said, to talk it out of that um, calm down kind of um, idea, 
which of course, unfortunately, works opposite. Just like if you were to tell a, a, a child that's overwhelmed, calm down, it actually panics them more because it means you're so out of touch with what they're experiencing that the, that then in that moment there's nobody with them. And so really it's about learning and practicing turning toward whatever experience we're having. Now the problem is is that we developed ways of responding to discomfort and that overwhelm by all the various, you know, strategies again protective ways that, you know, we all know in ourselves and everyone around us, <clears throat> you know, um, again, the talk, trying to talk ourselves out of it, trying to control so things, keeping everything ourselves. in order, so many um, eat it busy, away, busy, drink busy. it away, work it away, whatever ways that, you know, became our kind of primary strategies are kind of designed just to keep the feelings down. So... I think one of the hard things right now with all the change and uncertainty that we're experiencing is that those protective strategies are really working overtime in most people right now. So we're having more extreme experiences of both our feelings and then the ways of trying to keep them from, you know, influencing us or experiencing them. But they get stronger when we try to push them away. So I have a little, uh, a little poem to share. It's called Trust the Pain. Uh, friend, the ache you feel today is not a mistake. There is no shame in what you are going through. In some distant world, you are being hailed as a warrior hero. Your pain is a holy sight, an altar. Come out of the mind and into the body now. Send attention deep into the raw sensations in your belly, in your chest, your throat, your head. Dress today's wounds with presence. Breathe into the sadness. Offer the anger oxygen. Infuse the fearful one with fearless fascination. Don't try to fix the burning. It's not yours to fix. It belongs to the ages. Don't try to get rid of it. The heart does not understand get rid of. Don't even try to transmute it. That's not your job. Your job is to love what's here and to love your own inability to love and to have courage, or to have no courage today, to be as present as you can be and not announce more. You are giving birth to new life, to a precious inner child, love and pain making something new, wound and wound as a womb. She's scared, she's raw, she's a little heartbroken, but she's so alive now and deserving of love. The ache in you is a place where healing longs to happen. Hmm. That is beautiful. And acknowledging that we are in pain is um, 
is really hard in our culture. Um, yeah. And we want to pretend that we're, we're not wounded, and yet life wounds all of us. And especially now, we need ceremony, ritual, comfort in our own bodies, in ourselves, to, uh, to negotiate these troubled times we're living in. I mean, we are animals, and our animal bodies need things. Like after a, a dust-up between two animals, they will shake and, and shaking, shaking off of shaking things off uh, really helps the body too. So, mm-hmm. um, well, gosh, we only have a few minutes left. We could talk for so long, Caitlin. What other things would you like the audience to know about how we can transform uncertainty into safety and security? Well, I know a lot of people um, and many who are listening may be um, uh, dedicated to a practice of meditation or uh, yoga or, or perhaps ways qigong that bring us and our awareness more into our bodies. And that's the one thing that I guess I'd want to say, and I'm actually saying it to myself as I share it with you, <clears throat> because I myself have difficulty at times making the time to turn toward my experience and to really let myself take a moment to take a breath and just be with whatever I'm feeling and provide, you know, that kind of relational welcome. And it makes such a difference. And it's like that little practice that I shared, that's kind of become now one of the ways I'm trying to remember to bring that attention inside, give myself that moment of tending to welcome whatever it is that I'm feeling, and and to just bring that kind of uh, relational care to my own system. Because many of us are, you know, really so focused externally. And then the sad thing about that is that then we ride the roller coaster of the external. You know, when things are going well, you know, we feel good. When they're going badly, we feel bad. And yet, actually... Our safety and security comes from being able to be in relationship to whatever's going on, but to have that sense that whatever it is that happens, <clears throat> not that we'll fix it, but we'll be with whatever we're feeling. We'll be with ourselves. We'll care and pay a sense of loving attention to ourselves in, in our experience. So finding a way, I just encourage what you said that was beautiful, Donna, to have like a ritual or ceremony, having something that you do every day that kind of represents that can really make a big difference, whatever it might be. It's, of course, the tradition of prayer and, again, the meditation or any kind of a body practice. But I just encourage people, particularly at this time, and again, I'm telling myself this at the same time, I'm hearing that that sense of being able to do something every day that says, I care about you, body, I care about you, internal parts, and I'll be there for you, and I am with you in whatever it is you're experiencing. That's our safety. That's the security we can depend on. Oh, Caitlin, thank you so much. I really appreciate There are always these lovely pearls um, of wisdom when we 
speak, and I'm so grateful for you taking the time to to talk with me and and with our listeners um, about something which affects all of us because we are we're human. And uh, thank you again so much. And I will be um, bringing that practice into my life. And uh, and again, if you want to know more about that practice that Caitlin introduced us to in the first part of the program. You can Google Resma, R-E-S-M-A-A, Menachem, M-E-N-A-K-E-M. Uh, you can also go to Krista Tippett's website on being, O-N, and then B-E-I-N-G, um, and you will find uh, just this short practice. You can listen to the entire interview, or you can just find uh, the short practice. Yes. So thank you again, Caitlin, and um, my gratitude to Nevada for making this show possible through technology and phones, and also my um, thanks to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Mm, thank you, Donna. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Caitlin. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my honor and privilege. Um, so until next week, let's all now take that moment that we talk about, a moment of taking a very deep breath, which is also an extremely healing practice for body, mind, and spirit. So let's all take a very deep breath together right now. And now with gratitude, focus on the things that are going well in your life. There will always be things that aren't going well, but the things that are going well, we want to appreciate them and, and, and feel gratitude for those things. And then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back um, for being you and for having the ability, as Caitlin talked about, to soothe and comfort ourselves and have that security within us no matter what happens in the external world. So give yourself that loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you, for doing the best you can, because that's what we do until we know better. And then enjoy being here now in this moment, the only moment that exists, the now moment on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>